Part two, chapter one of the Gentleman and Ladies Book of Politeness and Propriety of Deportment. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Gentleman and Ladies Book of Politeness and Propriety of Deportment by Elizabeth Selnar. Part two of Propriety of Deportment in Regard to Our Social Relations. Chapter one of Deportment in the Street. Some readers will perhaps be surprised to see me commence a chapter with the duty we owe to persons passing the street, but if they reflect upon it, they will see that there are, even on this subject, a sufficient number of things proper to be mentioned. When you are passing in the street, and see coming towards you a person of your acquaintance, whether a lady, a man raised to dignity, or an elderly person, you should offer them the wall, that is to say, the side next the houses. If a carriage happened to stop in such a manner as to leave only a narrow passage between it and the houses, beware of elbowing and rudely crowding the passengers, with a view to getting by more expeditiously. Wait your turn, and if any one of the persons before mentioned comes up, you should edge up to the wall, in order to give them the place. They also, as they pass, ought to bow politely to you. If stormy weather has made it necessary to lay a plank across the gutters, which have become suddenly full of water, it is not proper to crowd before another, in order to pass over the frail bridge. Further, a young man of good breeding should promptly offer his hand to ladies, even if they are not acquaintances, when they pass such a place. You must pay attention to your manner of walking, for fear of throwing mud around you and spattering yourself as well as those who accompany you, or who walk behind you. Any person, particularly a lady, who walks in this improper manner, whatever her education may be in other respects, will always appear awkward and clumsy. Everyone knows that Parisian ladies are celebrated for their skill in walking. We see them in white stockings and thin shoes, passing through long, dirty, and blocked-up streets, gliding by careless persons, and by vehicles crossing each other in every direction and yet return home after a walk of several hours without soiling their clothes in the least to arrive at this astonishing result which causes the wonder and vexation of provincial visitors on their first coming to paris we must be careful to put the foot on the middle of the paving-stones and never on the edges for in that case one inevitably slips into the interstice between one pavement and another we must begin by supporting the toe before we do the heel and even when the mud is quite deep, we must put down the heel but seldom. When the street becomes less muddy, we can compensate ourselves for this fatigue, which, however, in the end, leaves us hardly sensible. This manner of walking is strictly necessary when you offer your arm to any one. When tripping over the pavement, as the saying is, a lady should gracefully raise her dress a little above her ankle. With the right hand she should hold together the folds of her gown, and draw them towards the right side. To raise the dress on both sides, and with both hands, is vulgar. This ungraceful practice can be tolerated only for a moment, when the mud is very deep. It's an important thing, in the streets of a large city, to edge oneself along, that is, to avoid jostling and being jostled by those who are passing. A neglect of this attention will make you appear not only awkward and ridiculous, but you will receive or give dangerous blows. One can edge along by turning sideways, contracting his arms, and watching with his eye the direction which it is best to take, in order not to come in contact with the person who meets him. 
A little practice and care will soon make this duty familiar. To make our way along becomes more difficult when we have a packet or an umbrella to carry, especially if the latter is open. It is then necessary to lower or raise it, or to turn it on one side. If you neglect these precautions, you run the risk of striking it against those who are coming and going, or of seeing it twirled around, and of being thrown against a carriage, or against some one who will complain bitterly of your incivility and awkwardness. If you have no umbrella, and find yourself overtaken by a sudden shower, and any person provided with one is going in the same direction, you may request them to shelter you. They should receive your request with much politeness, inform themselves of the place where you wish to stop, and offer to conduct you there, unless it is too much out of the way or they be pressed for business. In this case they should express their regret at not being able to accompany you so far as you wish. What we are now about to say proves that a person truly polite will not wait for you to make this request, but will use every exertion to anticipate it. We must observe, however, whether age, sex, or dress present no objection, for sometimes one would be treated with ill-humour and contempt, and if you are a lady, particularly arrived at a certain age, it would be extremely unpleasant to accost a person who, on his part, ought never to offer this favour, nor any other, to ladies, and whose air and immodest manners indicate at once his vulgarity. It would be equally out of place to address such a request to those of a very low class, but if such a one asks the favour of you, it is proper to receive it with politeness. Another not uncommon point of propriety to be observed consists in asking and pointing out the different streets. If you have occasion for this service, you speak politely, and say in a kind tone, Madam or Sir, where is such a street, if you please? You should be careful to give this title to persons whom you address, even if they should be porters or hucksters. It is particularly to these that you should have recourse, for in addressing persons passing by, you are liable to meet those who, as well as yourself, are strangers to the neighbourhood, or to hinder those who are busy. It is moreover impolite to trouble shopkeepers in their place of business. The direction being given us, we should thank them, at the same time bowing. Parisians are justly celebrated for the politeness and complacence with which they show the way to passengers, and you ought to imitate them every time that occasion offers. If you are a man, and a lady or distinguished person asks this favour of you, you should take off your hat while answering them. There are some ill-mannered and malicious persons, who take pleasure in misleading strangers by wrong directions. It will be enough to mention such impertinence, in order to despise it as we ought." As to those young men who entertain a false idea that Parisian ladies are coquettes or forward in their manners, and besides that everything is allowable in a large city, let them be assured that a man who dares, as often happens, to address improper compliments to ladies, to follow them, to listen to their conversation, or to finish a sentence which they have begun, is a model of rudeness, an object of aversion to ladies, and of contempt to gentlemen." A young man of good manners ought not to look at a lady too narrowly, or he will pass for an impertinent fellow, who, as the saying is, stares people full in the face. Soulanet. It is especially when there are many persons assembled in one place that these bores play off their rude tricks, to which they give the name hoaxes for the multitude, at first because they are unperceived, and afterwards because the least bad among them think that the crowd are out of the jurisdiction of propriety. This opinion, which obtains among some persons, is an error. 
politeness becomes still more indispensable in proportion to the assemblage why are crowds usually so disagreeable and even dangerous it is because they are composed of people without education who rudely push against their neighbors with their fist or elbow who neglect to follow the movement of going and coming who on occasion of the slightest collision raise loud complaints and by their lamentations their cries and continual trepidation render insupportable a situation which without this would be but troublesome enough when we meet in the street a person of our acquaintance we salute them by bowing and uncovering ourselves if there is occasion sometimes it is not enough to give a simple salutation but we must go to the person and inquire how they are if we see them frequently while we are speaking if there is occasion and it be a lady or an aged and respectable man we remain uncovered it is for the latter who see how troublesome this politeness is in winter to insist that the person addressing them should put on his hat it also belongs to the person who is the more important of the two to take leave first for example in a meeting of this kind a gentleman never leaves a lady until she takes leave of him nor is a young lady allowed to leave first a married or elderly lady during this interview which should be very short the speaker of least importance ought to take the lower part of the sidewalk in order to keep the person with whom he is conversing from the neighborhood of the carriages it would be supremely ridiculous to enter into a long conversation and thus detain against their will the person accosted if we have anything urgent to say to them we may ask permission to accompany them we will add that at paris a young man ought to avoid approaching and even saluting a young lady of his acquaintance out of regard to the natural timidity of her sex if there is a stranger with the one whom we meet we must be contented with saluting the latter without stopping otherwise we put his companion in a disagreeable position this civility becomes a rigorous duty if they are accompanied by a lady ancient gallantry required that in this last case we not only should not stop but still more that we should not salute an acquaintance or friend who may pass this is an order not to force her companion to salute an unknown person for one should bow every time that the person bows with whom we are but this custom may be modified if it is a friend or young man one may be content with making merely a motion but if it be an elderly man a distinguished character or a lady it is necessary to salute them saying to the companion i take the liberty to salute mr or madam n if a person of your acquaintance is at a window and you are thought to perceive them you ought to address a salutation to them but it is necessary to avoid speaking to them from the street or of making signs to them for this is a custom of bad ton to enter into a long conversation with common and low people who make their doorstep their parlor is to be almost as ill-bred as they themselves are end of part 2 chapter 1